The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means it's time for the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw after show, and have we got a show for you. We've got the undefeated phenomenon, Maxine Dupree. We've got Judgment Day almost cashing in the briefcase, and we even have some incredible video packages to highlight what's coming up at SummerSlam. But before we get into all of those things, let's introduce the crew. I'm Jack Farmer being joined by none other than the spar with Labar champion, Justin Labar himself and the legendary, I say H-O-F bound, Hall of Fame bound referee, Jimmy Corderas. Fellas, Justin, how are you today? I'm doing solid. <laughs> doing solid is another... Another another podcast we're getting ready to venture out to. SummerSlam's upon us. My Baltimore Orioles beat the Toronto Blue Jays tonight in in, in, in thrilling fashion. It's uh it's it's uh old bay on everything. Good good times all around. Uh, Jimmy, how about yourself? Uh, other than the uh, baseball stats that uh, Justin threw out there, uh, the Orioles beating the Jays, uh, I'm uh, actually pretty good. We had a good day up here, and uh, yeah, and uh, in looking forward to talking. Uh, our show tonight yeah this was a i have my thoughts on tonight's episode we'll yeah. we'll break it all down uh but uh before we do again thank you to everyone who's with us make sure to like comment share subscribe copy the link throw it into social media and as zuka says lurkers unite join mm -hmm. us in the chat say how you felt about the show say how you felt about what we're saying why don't you uh but let's get into some quick news that's happening around the wrestling world um Big news, PW Insider reports that Collision will tape after Dynamite on August 23rd in Duluth. Uh, the double taping is being done due to most of AEW's personnel traveling to the UK for All In the following Wednesday, following the Wednesday night shows. So obviously, that's logistically the best way to do it. But Justin, this is interesting news because there's been a lot of ink spilt about separate rosters that is going to get thrown out the window apparently on august 23rd 
Yeah, in theory, we'll see how they manage it, uh, of who's on what show, of who's on the show and, and what have you. Um, you know, obviously there's times, especially when you're going uh, to a different continent, um, you have to make these type of scheduling changes. I would just uh, be weary of the company uh, at any for any purpose of cost cutting or anything to ever move in the direction of doing too much taping at once. Because, I, again, I really think it, it exhausts the audience, uh, especially when, you know, you throw the type of, action that AEW throws out there it's just a lot to um to digest so hopefully this is again just like a uh, just the situation for that particular week i just hope that they would not even think about trying to get into that situation let alone jack the whatever drama you're trying to avoid in the locker room by combining rosters yeah jimmy um you've obviously been at a lot of wrestling tapings in your time and Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like on paper, it's easy to sell a ticket to a long show because you get to talk about all these great matches, but they get kind of tough when you start getting to hours four and five and whatnot. That's the thing. It sounds like, oh, look, we're going to get a great value for our dollar because we're going to get so much wrestling in one night. But like Justin said, you can only be uh, as vibrant and and lively for so long. And yes, you know, uh, certain stories and angles, whatever you want to call it, and certain individual characters generate a response. And the AEW crowd is usually very lively. So I don't know, uh, sitting through, like you said, both a dynamite and a collision taping and maybe some other stuff too, you know, stuff for their, their, their web shows. <laughs> yeah. It, it could be a very, very long night for those in Duluth. Let's put it that I, way. And I don't envy whoever, whoever has to go on last Whoever's the last TV match that gets taped in front of that audience, I do not envy them because, again, based upon the styles and the pace that you usually see, what can you do at that point that has not been seen by that audience within the last few hours? I mean, you know, uh, put your body on the line for a bump on the apron? I don't think so because it's probably already done at least twice earlier. You know what? That's funny. You said, sorry to cut you off there, Jack, mm-hmm. but it's funny you said that, uh, Justin, because now that you said it, there is, if there's one, you know, little critique that I have with their shows is they do tend to repeat a lot of situations in AEW on one show. So to do it over four hours or five hours or whatever, like Justin said, you will see a lot of the same thing. Let's put it that way. Tut Graf, you're getting a free shout out for this one. <laughs> says, hey, you win some, Duluth some. <laughs> waka waka. Uh, that's a good one. I I, I appreciate that one, Tuck. Uh, but speaking of All In, uh, also big news per WrestleNomics, All In will air on pay per view with DirecTV and in demand, confirming carriage of All In will air on each respective service. Uh, the card will air on DirecTV's channel 106, with in demand stating that the event will be available for $49.99. Um, and then it goes on to some more details for individual countries but um i mean jimmy this this has been very weird for a lot of people because it's potentially i I haven't been up to date on the ticket sales but i guess it's potentially the biggest selling wrestling event ever and we're getting pretty close and we didn't know anything about this show until now which is how to watch it that seems odd to me no, it does seem odd. And, and, and uh, there was a discussion on another program by a, a former two-time Hall of Fame, not former two-time Hall of Fame, but a former WWE champion and, and uh, world champion in another uh, organization. Uh, let's just say Bully Ray, Bubba, you know, <laughs> saying that if it was him, he would have done exactly what they're doing because they sold tickets without announcing a single match. And yes, I get it. This is their, fr- if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong. 
This is their first time going over there for AEW, mm -hmm. is it not? So yeah. yes, the interest is there and they've already got that audience. So I understand that. But at the same time, I think you need to, if you want people to invest in buying the pay-per-view and spending $49.99, you have to at least announce something for the crowd other than that hardcore diehard AEW fan who's going to buy it anyways, regardless of what they do. You know what I mean? If you yeah. want to attract, if you want to attract more of an audience, give them something because there are probably some people who are sitting on the fence going, Hey, that sounds very interesting, but what are they doing? Well, Justin, I, I love what Jimmy just said, because it now makes me think of the fact that uh, real quick, by the way, Andrew Taylor watching live from New York on holiday from five Scotland. So very cool. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Andrew. Uh, but uh, Justin, this is something we've talked about before the, uh, when you don't show someone something, their imagination could be better than the real thing. And this is one of those things where people are thinking of what dream card could happen, where if they say, by the way, the main event's going to be MJF versus Adam Cole, then now people go, ah, do I really want to see that? Or, oh, you know, it, it, it is maybe a good marketing strategy. Well, if this if they intended for the show to just be a spectacular live event, and being the fact that they sold the amount of tickets they have sold up to this point, I would have no problem with them going, flying over there, and not making public any matches. It's almost like it's almost like you know sixty thousand people buying uh, tickets to you know a rock concert, you know some 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 legendary bands coming back out for a reunion tour, something like that. And and you go and you don't know what set list they're going to play. You don't know if you're going to get all the hits you want. You don't know if you're they're going to dig deep in the catalog. And it's kind of like it's there for, but you've already got the people's tickets. You know, you've already got them sold, so they're hooked. So you can you can decide to set list whatever you want. You don't have to you don't have to tell them months out. Oh, here's here's the twenty songs we're going to do, but they're doing it on pay per view. Okay, this is this is connected to their television shows that they do now several times a week. So yeah, you if you have to start to announce, you don't have to announce the entire card. I'm okay with leaving a little bit of mystery, uh, even, but you have to at least announce the top half of the card. You know, mm -hmm. your mains and your semi mains. You know, I, I just otherwise you're. I, I how do you? I mean. You're, I don't. I don't think your audience is still big enough, even in the U.S. or around the world, that you can rely on them to pay fifty bucks off of sheer mystery. Um, I just don't think you can. You're not that. I, I don't. You know. I don't even think that's a wise move for WWE to do, and they've been around for seventy years. So uh, I, I, they they have now that they have the uh, the viewing options out there, they got to start. I I, just, I would hope that this Wednesday. Uh, Jimmy and I at this time are talking about some of the first announced official matches uh, signed. I do think too, to your point as well, Justin, even if it's not to me anyways, not announced, but pretty clear, like we'll talk about Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus wasn't technically announced until today, but we've known this is where they're going for some time. Like we should, even if it's not official, we should be like, yeah, this is probably happening at all in at some point uh, very soon. Uh, sooner rather than later, I would think, because uh, then you got all out right after that. You got to build that one too, you know. So and 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 then and then three weeks after that, they go back to their Arthur Ashe Stadium show. I, I mean, yeah. it's it's going to be a real test to their futility. Yeah, then we're gonna we're, we'll we'll see. Um, some some sad news we got to get into though. Uh, unfortunately, is uh, Pee Wee Herman uh, passed away today. Uh, also, Adrian Street passed away too. Uh, of course, Adrian Street, a wrestling legend, uh, died at 82. And uh, Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, his real name, but uh, 
I always knew him as Pee Wee, so I call him Pee Wee. Uh, passed away at age 70. Uh, very sad to hear. Um, Jimmy, were you there when Pee Wee and The Rock did their thing? No. Was that before or after your time? I can't. I'm terrible after. with. I, I'm terrible with remembering I'm, when I'm, in time things happened. Yeah, me too. And I believe it was after I was uh, I, I had departed from there. And uh, you know the 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 great thing was you know Paul Rubens, aka Pee Wee Herman, was a great wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. And he stayed he stayed in touch with a lot of the talent. If, for example, like Edge, for you saw he tweeted today. You know, it, it, it's a tough one when you lose a, a, a not only a fan like that, but a guy who, um, you know, was such a great asset because he brought entertainment to the world of pro wrestling, which he was a big fan of. And you mentioned Adrian Street as well, which is a, a sad passing, and he was a trailblazer because he kind of broke down barriers and influence future talent that came mm-hmm. after him to explore and expand characters and and not be afraid to you know take it in a different direction so he was a trailblazer and it's it, again a sad day to to, to um mourn two two tragic passings yeah I, I know adrian street uh in in full transparency i didn't really get to follow his i didn't know his career the way like i would know someone i i grew up watching necessarily but i know of him because he's been talked about so much. Like he was at, was he at Clash the Castle? He was at a recent show. I know, like in the in the crowd, and I, I've I've known of him through people talking about how influential he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Pee Wee, uh, <laughs> my my childhood kind of lined up with his <laughs> with, with when he was uh, blowing up pretty well. So of course, he was a big part of my childhood. I they they, they showed a funny uh, uh, someone shared a funny clip from when he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a vampire getting stabbed, and it was. Fantastic. But uh, Justin, any any comments on uh, either of these two passings? Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously sad. Uh, you know, Paul Rubens, P.B. Herman, uh, obviously, you know, a little bit of WWE crossover he did in the past when he was on Raw. And uh, as Jimmy said, a lot of um, a lot of pro wrestlers actually have connection. You know, Edge, as, as Jimmy tweeted, a Corey Graves tweeted out there. Uh, a good friend of mine, a former Labar uh, family member, uh, RJ City. RJ had a, had a real touching treat. Uh, him and David Arquette both uh, interacted with, with with Paul a lot. Um, so yes, I, I, I it, it sound and, and there's a lot of stories going around. Like if you go on social media and type in his name, a lot of stories going around of people, maybe production assistants on shows or just literally people just off the street um, who met Paul and just are gushing about how even to some inviting them to his how like he, he, he just a very for somebody who was as famous as he was uh pr- pretty down to earth so cool to read those stories and then you have adrian street kind of like you jack i i don't i i put pretty sure i've seen a lot of wrestling matches in my life i don't think i've ever watched a full belt to belt match of his i have seen photos of his i do know i've heard people talk about him on podcasts and interviews i know as jimmy you know, talked about you know with you know without you know he's in that line with like the gorgeous georges and without you know an adrian street you don't get an Adrian Adonis, you don't get a gold dust, you don't get a, a Velveteen Dream, you don't you don't get any characters that are pushing the envelope and daring to break out of the more traditional tropes and stereotypes of what uh, a male uh, pro wrestler has to be and should look like and talk like and dress like. Um, so, and and I don't remember if he was a Clash of the Castle, but he is Welsh, so they were in Cardiff, Wales. So that would if if he was, that would make uh, a lot of sense. Yeah, I think at some show recently, he was one of those like, and in the crowd, like he was just in the crowd, like waving, I think, and like, you know, clapping one of those deals, if I 
remember, right? Someone in the chat, if you know, if, if I'm right or wrong, let me know. And how about uh, this fun fact? I, I I didn't I didn't know this until I until I went to his Wikipedia earlier today. Uh, I have to assume it's right. It is it is um, there, there is sourcing to it. But I guess he um, after his in ring career, he's, he's he was living in in Florida in the states, and um, he had a business designing. And selling pro wrestling gear for wrestlers, mm -hmm. and he actually—I guess the most famous, apparently, Jimmy's not a seven. Jimmy, maybe you know the story yeah. here. I guess it says here he created the Dude Love gear that Mick Foley wore when Dude Love first debuted in WWE and, and feuded with Stone Cold in '98. So that's kind of a little fun fact. I didn't. Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, uh, in in I guess to to wrap it up, a fun little story. I just I'll, I'll always remember about Pee Wee. Is uh you know I said as my age lines up when I was a kid, he was on TV, and my dad hated that show. <laughs> my dad it just annoyed him. Uh, and he I remember one time he was like, uh, he told me he's like, oh I hate when you watch this show, and I I go oh really? And I tried to do my best oh. Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> And I've never been looked at with more disappointment in my entire life. Oh, my it, was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a great little moment for me personally that uh, my dad probably tried has tried to bury that now, but for me it was a funny moment. Uh, as we move on, your dad's, just, your dad's just trying to get a few more hours of sleep, and he's got to hear, <laughs> you know. Then he then he peeks his head out the door and he sees the. Uh, the, the yeah the dance yeah the dance yeah, yeah it's <laughs> uh yeah baby I said uh all of our uh, all of our dads hated that show <laughs> mm. uh yeah it was definitely it was it was for kids I don't think yeah but I could yeah not for dads um right. we have a uh, let's get let's get into the show uh okay. before we do again though everyone like comment share subscribe five star reviews uh we got a couple of the uh, uh, five star reviews recently, and I'm a bad host. I was going to pull them up and read them off, but I forgot to do that. So I will be doing that next week. And if you want your five star review read, put it up there now. I'll read it. I'll read them all next week. Um, and uh, let everyone know because I thought they were very nice. Uh, but I only read the ones with five stars. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, of course, um, as we get into the uh, get into the show, we got a couple super chats first. Uh, Roger Carson, thank you so much for the super chat. I don't see a message in there, so if you wanted to say anything, just throw it in there in the chat, and I'll make sure to read it off for you. Um, but also, Shalbowski says, "My last name is Herman, and my mom refused to allow us to watch the show. Kids at school always made fun of me, though." Mm. Wow, <laughs> that was a good good times. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, but in any case, as we uh, continue on here, we, we get into the show and we start with, uh, oh, I forgot the roll call real quick. Chris Bricks, uh, Danny Cochran, Ricky Zaldivar, Corey St. Floyd. That's a new name. Uh, of course, Roger Carson, Justin, um, yeah, uh, Labar, <laughs> uh, Corey Pride, Montez Tyndall, um, Baby Ice, uh, and a few uh, Ball Jeezy. Uh, We've got some new names in here. This is fun mm, to see. Flobo cool. Boyce, my old pal, Flobo Boyce. Uh, good to see you all. Dream Realm, Lurkin, Huffman, Dylan, best in the smokers world. Thank you guys so much for being here. Let's get into the show. Yeah. Uh, Logan Paul comes out and says he's going to beat Ricochet in the most viral match in WWE history. Ricochet says last week he was on Logan's stream. This week he's in Logan's head. Uh, Logan Paul says he's going to put on a show and make Samantha Irvin say his name at WrestleMania. Uh, 
Justin, I felt like this was the best promo these two have had. I agree. There's a lot I liked about this. Uh, Logan was getting the heat as you want him to. Uh, Ricochet's music cuts him off. People popped. Uh, it was a legitimate pop uh, at his music, and then they're chanting Ricochet's name. As you said, Ricochet, he's spoken a little bit more sound bites tonight, and he sounded confident when doing so, uh, more so than his previous weeks. So I like that. Uh, I like them showing the clip in the Rumble, reminding people. I mean, the Rumble was, you know, seven months ago, reminding people of that moment uh, or showing people for the first time, maybe. So you can kind of know here's the kind of spots that they're aiming to have. Here's here's the value of why you're tuned into this match and what you want to see. And then, yeah, adding the girlfriend line in there. Uh, that is uh, Ricochet's real life girlfriend or fiance. And so it gave it a personal element. So now we're not just arguing over this match being uh, a viral you know, clip that now there's like a little bit of a personal matter to it. So I, I like that. Um, I will say that you can tell we're in tamer times. Uh, if, if this was the attitude era, uh, rather than Logan Paul saying, you know, Oh, she'll be announcing me as the winner. He would have said something like, I'll be in your girl's mouth or something like that. I, oh, I, really, thought that's, I really thought that's the direction he went. And then he held up and kind of took it the PG route. So probably, mm-hmm. probably. Okay. But I, I thought this, I thought they checked a lot of positive boxes of uh, things accomplished here. Yeah, this. Um, yeah, you're right, Justin. I was, I was thinking they were going the same way, but yeah, that's definitely a, a bygone era, um, an attitude bygone era. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jimmy, there's something repeated a couple times tonight, even in the backstage segment later on when Logan Paul was walking around, mm-hmm. saying this is going to be the most viral match in mm-hmm. WWE history. Do you think that they're just saying that to you know because they know there's going to be a lot of big moments, or do you? Th- do you think they've got something up their sleeve specifically that's going to go viral? I think it's a little bit of both, uh, especially because, uh, like you guys said, like he said, how many times did I had something viral, viral, viral? And we know he has a tremendous – Logan Paul has a tremendous amount of followers. He mm-hmm. is you know, out there. And this is a big opportunity for Ricochet. Like it or not, and I know, I know people people are not happy with Logan Paul, especially wrestling fans, you know, kind of like he's invading our world. And that's why he's getting all this heat. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the, you know, the wrestling fans are saying, here's an outsider coming into our world, thinks he can dominate and stuff like that. But this is an opportunity for Ricochet to get noticed, regardless Mm -hmm. of whether he wins or loses, it doesn't matter, you know? And uh, as far as the viral thing goes, there is an opportunity that this could be, if not the most viral thing that WWE has done in a long time, close to it because he does have that follow. Yeah. It's yeah. uh yeah. Oh, good, good. Good. No, no, I mean I was gonna say, I mean, these two guys both have big moves. I mean it's but it's gonna be very tough for them to pass up things like ro- the the jump off the top rope onto Roman Reigns while live streaming. I think that's mm-hmm. gonna be a very tough thing to beat. And I know that because they've said this so many times, people are gonna check the numbers. So I feel like they gotta have something planned that they think is gonna really blow up social media. So let me grab the pencil again for a second. Let me let me pitch this. We've seen Logan Paul hit record and, as you said, do the high spot. We've seen him have high spot moments with Ricochet. Uh, cue the rumble tape. What if WWE would have to get it cleared with Peacock, but if they wanted to truly be able to tout the most viral match ever, what if Logan Paul comes to the ring with his cell phone, as he normally does, and they somehow prop it? Up, up in the corner. AEW has this. Uh, they they, they promise mm-hmm. phone. What if he live streams his entire match out on his socials? 
to his YouTube, to all of his platforms, if WWE and Peacock can get the okay in this match, all of a sudden, if you're if you're a subscriber, if you're one of the millions of subscribers to Paul's Instagram, to his YouTube, to his Twitter, across all the socials, and all of a sudden you get a, all of a sudden that notification bell goes off. Logan Paul is live in the ring of Ricochet, and they stream the ten minute match because now they can tout whatever numbers they tout on Peacock, and then they can add up all the numbers from his social, and they can truly then run that stat of that's how many people watch this match. Oh, that is a great idea. Awesome. I think that is a phenomenal idea because he's going to get so many views, just people tune in. And that's exactly what you want with the Logan Paul. You, If you want his the eyeballs of his audience, mm-hmm. put your show on in front of and, his audience. And and, and there and and, and there's a, you know, obviously, you know, all of us were watching, you know, hopefully on our big screens on Peacock. Mm-hmm. But I but if, if all of a sudden I saw on social that was happening. I would go find one of Logan Paul. I don't follow him on anything except for Twitter. I don't think I would go find his socials just for also for the fact of just watching and just having an entire alternate view of the match just from like a ringside post camera or something like that. And obviously, wherever they position the camera is going to be key to whatever the biggest high spot is. It's going to be somehow framed. You know, I don't know. I just I'm I've been thinking thinking all night. Like, how can they viral, viral, viral? How can they top? You know, how can they top it and not? And hopefully not have a botch, not have what happened at Money in the Bank, which they kind of tried to parlay into storyline. And I'm thinking, you know, the hell with trying to make one spot go viral, live stream an entire match. Wow. It's especially because anyone who is gonna watch the show already has Peacock and is watching it anyway. So it's not like they're really right. losing viewers with this. Um, if right. it was still the pay-per-view model, you might say, Oh, you're giving it away for free, you're cheating some people, but on Peacock, it's not really that way. You didn't really right. cheat anybody if you give away one match, if that makes sense. No, it uh, does make sense. It, it makes absolute great sense. And that's a great idea, Justin. You know, uh, I hate to admit it, but uh, I wish I had have thought of that. <laughs> um, well, Huffman saying, uh, Labar, if Dixie, Dixie Carter hired you back in the day, then TNA may be bigger than WWE these days. Uh, well, uh, I, pre- I don't know about that. I appreciate the compliment, but I'm still, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, toot the horn for Jimmy to go in the hall of fame and mm-hmm. for Labar to get the pencil. That's what we're going to do there here. Go. We're going to, we're you guys, you're going to the moon. They'll, as Someone would say they'll, they'll, they'll give me the crayon. I'll get to just play around. <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll give me the, they'll give me the pencil to help write Jimmy's hall of fame speech. I thought that's as much. Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> I was going to say, they'll give you the crayon because your ideas are so colorful. That's why oh. you, you need, a, you need some crayons. Um, we got a, a, this is kind of the biggest chunk of the show here was uh, a little back and forth between two groups, but we're going to start with uh, Ludwig Kaiser versus Matt Riddle. And it starts with Gunther being disappointed in Kaiser for what happened last week. So tonight he has to make it up in a match with Riddle. And Kaiser uh, gets the win in what is one of the match of the night contenders until a little bit later, as we'll talk about, in my opinion anyways. But uh, gets a great win over Matt Riddle and is back in the good graces of Gunther. Uh, Jimmy, I said this on on X is what we're calling it now. I said it on okay. X. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ludwig is a sneaky match of the night machine. Like we don't talk about it. I mean, we all know he's great, but like every match mm-hmm. he has is kind of in that conversation. It seems every week. Yeah. And absolutely. And what, what I loved about the match too, was it tells a great story. It built to the finish. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, you know, it was kind of a clean win considering there was some interference a little bit along the way with the, with the heels and there was some heel tactics, but technically the win itself was fairly clean. 
So mm-hmm. it got him over big time. And of course, in the story sense, Gunther is very happy with him now. He's, you know, he's in his good graces again, but uh, yeah, they told a heck of a story and the crowd was buying into it. They came along and they slowly got louder and louder as the match progressed. They were buying into all the false finishes. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. You want people to bite because a lot of times you go into a match, a lot of, you know, hardcore fans are like, yeah, I don't see so-and-so winning. So they don't buy into the, some of the false finishes because you don't think someone's going to win. They were buying into the false finishes for both guys. Yeah. Just, I, we, we've talked about this before, but Kaiser is really kind of what you want to happen with a group is finding a way to stand out on his own within this group. Yeah. I've said it before <clears throat> and tonight further, he, he's not just, a henchman yeah he's he's number two he's you know clearly gunther is in charge but he's getting more and more credible and then the way he walks the way he speaks he's starting to kind of carve out a little identity for himself so again he's not just henchman number two mm-hmm. um and yeah a clean win against a fan favorite like riddle that's a big de- and as jimmy said a clean it, it's, it's technically it's clean so that's a big deal um so i i don't know what the long play is here i don't think it's to break well, maybe Vinci gets broke. Who knows? But I don't. I think it's to keep Kaiser aligned with Gunther for a little bit longer, for a while. Um, but they're they're certainly again. He's not he's not just blending in the background. So good for him. Yeah, I think I always think when you have a group like this, the goal should be that once it breaks up, because all groups eventually break up. That once they break up, everyone within it should be able to move on bigger than they were before. Right. And if Imperium, now I love Imperium. I don't want him to go anywhere. But if they broke up today. Kaiser's set. I think he's fine. I, I could see him doing just fine on his own uh, outside of this. Um, but Vinci? some Vinci, I, I feel like we haven't had a chance to see him as much um, and see go. what he can do. Uh, I know in I, in the ring, I think he's fantastic. But yeah, I, I haven't really heard him cut promos. And that would be the thing that worries me about old uh, Gio. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I call him Gio because we're close. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, something that may not seem related, but will be related for all of us who have seen the show tonight. Uh, Maxine Dupree has a match with Valhalla. Uh, it was a fun little match with some outside shenanigans, but Maxine Dupree gets the win. Uh, Jimmy Corderas hmm. is Maxine Dupree, the next Goldberg undefeated. Oh, Dupree. Uh, I, I, I do. Dupree. Yeah. The next Jade Cargo. I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, you know what? Uh, good for her for getting the win, but at the same time, it wasn't. It wasn't smooth, for lack of a better. She had some issues. There were a little bit of. Uh, I don't think she's quite ready in ring. There were a lot of stuff that I saw that I just felt like. I, I'm not saying it has to be smooth as silk, but at the same time. You have to look like you've been in there before. Well, yeah, and that is going to lead me to my my question for you, Justin, is one, I don't know if this was, I don't know how many matches uh, Maxine has actually had. I know they were saying this was her first match, but, you know, you never, I don't really know what they've done off, you know, at house shows or whatever. But Max, even in character, she's never done this before. I think in the match, it looks like she's clearly not a veteran. Did this kind of, and I hate using this word, bury Valhalla a little bit? No, I, no, it didn't, and and I don't think it buried her. No, um, Valhalla is the right is a good choice to put her in there with. I mean, she is a veteran. 
Uh, like Jimmy said, this was not smooth, especially towards the beginning. They settled in a little bit, but, but it was very – they needed I, – I have to imagine the referee or somebody was screaming to them eventually, slow down. You guys are – there was that, that – particularly that sequence of reverse iris whips. and It looked like Maxine might have got her arm yanked out of – just out of miscommunication. It, it, it was clunky. I mean, in the story, Maxine winning's the right thing mm-hmm. for what the story's been, you know, after the outside interference and this and that. Um, but, but like Jimmy said, I don't know. She certainly has taken to the, the entertainment side of this. She's got, she's got the moneymaker here. She's, Mm -hmm. she's doing the things with, with Gable and with Otis. So, I mean, she's, she's doing those things and, and, and those things sometimes can be harder to teach. So that's a good sign, but yeah, I would be very cautious of how much, how much more on TV we put her in singles matches, mixed tags. Fine. If you, if you can dress some things up, giving some things up. But uh, I, I would I would tread lightly on the singles matches uh, until you can get her some more reps you know, on non TV shows, Performance Center, both. Um, but yeah, I mean, but in, in the story, it, it made sense that she wins. I, I get it, and so mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Yeah, I know, and I agree with that. I but I got to ask the hard hitting questions, Justin. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, just side question, Jimmy, as as we're talking about this, uh, when you have when there is a wrestler who's new and it's their first match or they're very early in their career and mm-hmm. they're on a stage like that, as a referee, is there anything you can really do, or is it really kind of just between the the wrestlers to try to make it work at that point? You you can help communicate, that's for sure, because especially being on TV. If you're getting messages in your your um, IFB and saying, "Hey, you know, tell them to relax, tell them to calm down, take it easy, take it slow," that sort of thing, like Justin said, and also relay messages from the other talent because you know you can't just walk over and say, "Hey, grab my arm." Mm-hmm. You know, right? You, you know, the referees, the source of uh, communication back and forth. We're the string. We're the string that goes between the two cans, <laughs> so to speak. It's saying, "Hey, go over there and tell them to grab a hold." Right. I love it. That's a great analogy for that. Uh, but this is where the two seemingly in- unconnected stories intersect. Jimmy, that, Jimmy, that should be your new bio. <laughs> Twenty plus years as a string in between two cans. That's that's the first line of your Hall of Fame speech, Jimmy. There you go. See, there you go. We're writing the speech as we go here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That uh god good good stuff so far today guys you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got the Imperium runs into Alpha Academy uh, backstage. And uh, by the way, shout out to Denise uh, Salcedo, who posted a picture of this and said uh, Oppenheimer and uh, Barbie running into each other at the uh, movie theater. Uh, But um, uh, Imperium and Alpha Academy run into each other. And um, it's a match that a lot of people have been waiting for, to be quite honest. Uh, They get a five-minute challenge between Gable and Gunther. Uh, Gable lasts the five minutes, so he gets the win, but then Gunther says we're going to continue it, and Gunther eventually gets the win before saying, get used to it while standing on a uh, announce table. Justin, this match to me, I felt like watching this match now to me makes it feel like, I hate using the word has to, but like, I feel like Gable has to be the guy to beat Gunther. I feel like it just feels right, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to, look past drew McIntyre and SummerSlam, but I don't know. Something about this just felt like this is the way it should go. What, what, what say you? Yeah, no, this was a big deal. First off, I, I thought, I thought, okay, clever. When they did the whole gimmick of, um, you can't last five minutes. I'm like, well, that's great. Cause first off you could have Gunther and Gable. I mean, they could go out there and put on a 30 minute match. If you ask mm-hmm. them to on TV or pay-per-view or premium live event, excuse me. So I thought, okay, limiting them to five minutes is great. And then when they decided to extend them, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I, I guess, Again, they can certainly feel the time, and it's going to be entertaining. Uh, but what I liked about it was, as and as commentary was even saying, like, is this does this count as all? Is this the first loss that Gunther's had, and whatever the 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 time is? So it felt like Chad Gable got one over on him, but still did not technically pin or submit Gunther, and Gunther still stands tall. He's still the champion going into the SummerSlam. But it it really again it did something for Gable. It, it helped, I think, put you know we've been talking about Gable. He's so good, you know. He's he's in these all these entertaining things with Otis and Maxine, but like certainly he could go out and elevate and be you know be something in the singles, in a singles run. So, yeah, I don't know, Jack. If I go as far as say it, this obligates them to book him as the guy that dethrones Gunther whenever that is. I'd have no problem if it is him. I don't know if that's what this sets up, but this certainly felt like a a big moment on TV tonight to say, "Hey, WWE Universe." Chad Gable is a big deal, and you need to. And if you haven't already, you need to be paying attention to him because he just did. He just he just took Gunther to a limit that we hadn't really seen otherwise, uh, really. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 here. I'm here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm here for what's next. Put it that way. Uh, Shabowski says in the chat with a super chat. Thank you, Shabowski. Uh, Dragunov needs to be the guy to beat Gunther so the world can see how great their NXT match of the year battles were. Yeah, anyone who hasn't seen their NXT UK match was a, was awesome. Of course, their NXT match was great as well. Jimmy, I'm gonna first off, I, I'll get, I'm gonna give you a uh, an option. You got four pit four options here. Okay, you're the one to make the decision on who beats Gunther. Ooh. It's gonna be Chad Gable. It's gonna be Drew McIntyre. It's gonna be Dragonoff, as Shabowski says, or you can take the field. Anyone but those three. Anyone but those three. You know, obviously Drew looks like a good candidate, but uh, uh, extending the 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 title reign, the IC title reign of of, Drag, of Gunther, 
Mm-hmm. You got me saying Dragunov. Um, is is the right move at this time, I believe. You know, and, you know, you, saw, you talk about Dragunov. Yes, there is a history there. But at the same time, on the main roster, for him to be the first person to beat Gunther, I don't know if that's the right call at this time. I like the idea of Chad Gable eventually because, you know, Chad Cable could keep rubbing it in his face. You know what? You said you can do this. You said you can do this. And I think, you know, we talk about getting over without going over. And I've been a big fan of Chad Gable's for a long time. Mm-hmm. And saying that this guy has the potential to be a huge single star. And he doesn't have to break away from Alpha Academy to be the Intercontinental Champion. But down the road, if he's the one to dethrone, I, I would be more than happy with that. Yeah, it, it, Jack. If you if you said like if you're if you're a triple if you're a triple agent, you're in you're in the the booking meeting. If you said we got to dethrone Gunther by September, whatever, because we need him to be a guy to work now in the world title picture with with Seth Rollins, assuming Rollins is still champion. So if you tell me that, based upon what you just said, I go Gable because mm-hmm. Drew doesn't really need it. No disrespect to Dragonoff, but like Gable's, it, it, you know, what have you done for me lately? Gable's been around. He's he's paid some dues. He's done all. He's done. He's done everything they've asked for. He's been heel. He's been babyface. He's been serious. He's been comedy. He's been ec- excellent tag team wrestler. So I feel like, you know, it, it, it would go with him. And, and and for all the things we just said and what Jimmy just said about you know, uh, you know how we how we just saw Gable tonight. If if there's no timetable, if you're just going to continue to run, if, if you're going to like, if you want Guther to hold it to at least Mania next year, and you want to make it a really really big deal, then yeah, I, I don't think it has to be Gable. I think you can just wait and see uh, what does your roster look like come Road to Mania. What you know who who could benefit from it, who's who's deserving. But yeah, if you have a certain pit stop where you got to get the title off of Guther, I think Gable's a guy right now. I. I would love to see Gable do it just because I think that he's so good. I'd love to see him show that he can be serious. And I think he, there's only one way to beat Gunther and that's serious. But uh, last question on this, Jimmy, is um, in your experience uh, working at WWE and, WWE and the things you've heard and, and seen there, Gunther's almost about ready to pass that mark to be the longest reigning of all time, uh, Intercontinental Champion. Is that something that people who make these decisions actually care about or is that more of a fan thing like do you think the people who are in control are like no we want him to break the record or is that just kind of a coincidence that we're potentially breaking the record if they want someone to break the record it's because they see value in it it's not because hey we like this guy so we want him to be the record holder if they see value in it like they're doing right now going off the board a little bit here with roman reigns and his Mm -hmm. long title reign right now they see money in it there's value in it. It is, a, as a lot of people say, one of the best storylines going in wrestling right now. With mm-hmm. Gunther maybe trying to, you know, piggyback on that formula a little bit and go in a little bit of a different direction, but again, have a long title reign. Maybe it gets close and it gets taken away from him. Who knows? But uh, WWE doesn't do it just for the sake of, we like this guy, so we're going to have him break so-and-so's uh, record. If they right. see value in it, they will do it. Right. Well, and, and what Guther's done has been a task they've been chasing for the last 20 years, which is they've reestablished the IC title as a big deal. Like, you could have Gunther and the IC title main event, a premium live event, mm-hmm. with the right story building up to it, given his given the, 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 the historic run he's on. They, I mean, they've spent 
How many how many manias in a row did we have somewhere here in this in this millennium where the IC title wasn't even on the show? Like they have finally done what got lost in the shuffle, especially after they acquired WCW and we had brand splits and we had two mid card titles of the US and IC. Like they it just it just they became lost in the shuffle. We we're finally going back to nineties prominence of that IC title. Yeah, it's it, it I mean Right now, I feel like winning that title is bigger than winning the world title. Uh, not the not not whatever, not the universal title, but you know the the one Seth Rollins has. I feel like right now, if you beat Gunther, it's a bigger deal than beating Seth Rollins, um, mm-hmm. personally. But um, that may change after some time. But we'll see. Uh, we've got a uh, couple of Cody versus Brock moments. First, we get a hype video that was awesome. Um, mm-hmm another another banger of a hype video by wwe uh but then brock comes out and says it's fight week and that means he's getting paid which is pretty cool cody comes out and they shake hands and then brock beats the crap out of cody Rhodes. uh jimmy this is where the show for me started to feel like the week of a of a ple and mm-hmm. we're kind of just filling the time to get to the show uh but it was also getting to a position where now you got to see. See, back in the day, the beating that that Brock laid on Cody automatically meant that Cody was winning mm-hmm. at SummerSlam. You know, that, that was kind of like the formula. Nowadays, it's not so much written in stone, but there there is some doubt there. They told a bit of a story there. It was interesting that Brock came out, you know, in his jeans and vest and looking like Brock does with his, you know, with his hat and. Cody came out in his gear. Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Suit came out in his gear looking to fight. And he was the guy who technically instigated the fight, mm-hmm. but at the same time got his butt kicked. So yes. uh, they did make it interesting to see what happens this weekend. That's for sure. Uh, Justin, um, I, I liked everything that happened. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like we've seen it <laughs> a few times already. Um, but I want, I want your thoughts on the segments here, but also... This is my, I'm, I'm going to have Jack's hot take of the night. Uh, they say it's one of the main events at SummerSlam. There's only one main event. It's the last, it's the last match. Can, I, can we quit calling every match a main event? There's, there's one main event. It's the one that goes on last. If they're all main events, none of them are main events. I, I, I sometimes agree with that, but I, but it's not a new thing it's not new to have an event where you say we have a double main event a triple main event starts to get off the rails but yeah, I, I agree whatever goes on last is clearly priority number one so i'll mm-hmm. agree with that if, if 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 brock and cody are not last they were not the top priority main event <laughs> they were the, they were, maybe they were, the, they were the semi-main or they were the you know whatever if they're the um, third match on the show then then uh it's uh it's clearly not that it, well but fun. but 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 you know no but again in the, in the last 10 years mania has debunked that they mm-hmm. we've seen sometimes the, some of the biggest matches they put out there first and i always say this from a, again if you give me the pencil the last match is the most important match on, on a big show the last match is the most important match the first match is the next most important match that's how you get things started mm-hmm. so i don't i don't i don't believe in the you know the, 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 the once upon a time maybe in territory days and old school wrestling whatever you know there was oh if you're out first you're the, you're, you're the curtain jerk or whatever mm-hmm. uh but no to me i i always view the worst the worst spot to be in is the second match that's the one that's like ah well we're bringing everybody back down and whatever so right 
whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah, video package, good. Um, I like Cody coming out serious. He didn't stop to do the whoa. He did the pyro just went. It kind of looked like a badass. He was walking into the into the war zone with pyro going off. So I liked all that touch. I like the seriousness. I like Jimmy's point. He's out there in his ring gear while Brock's while Brock's not. I do agree though. This is the third. This is round three here. And as I've even said, I still don't fully ever know why the hell this whole thing started. Uh, the feud, but it's been pretty intense and physical. I hope this is the end of whatever happens Saturday. I hope is the end. I'm going to assume it's the rubber match. Cody's going to be there the next night, or Brock probably is not. They just Cody's documentary just dropped on Peacock. I'd have to think all these would lead towards Cody's going to win um, and continue his journey and his path. I would assume, but you never know. You never know. That's why you got to tune in. You never know. Uh, Shelbowski says uh, in the with a super chat, it's like the Orioles saying they have a bunch of starting pitchers. Bunch <laughs> means no starting pitchers. Go Blue Jays. <laughs> <sighs> uh well we uh, i believe we've we've beat you in every game this year except for one <laughs> i am so we, am, we 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 swept you last time we came to toronto and we're looking to do it again so you should have had your starting pitchers in for that game you lost our starting pitcher yeah. won tonight kyle gibson got the win tonight. <laughs> wow uh but uh well, thanks for the five canadian yeah. <laughs> uh we've got uh Champa versus Shinsuke. Um, they say they're both going to be in the SummerSlam Battle Royal. Uh, they have a match, and Shinsuke gets the win with a little help from grabbing the tights. Uh, Jimmy Corderas, mm-hmm. is it even cheating anymore to grab the tights? I feel like that's just part of the game. No, see, that's the thing. It's the, it's that roll up finish, the 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 roll up of doom, uh, so to speak, and adding a little. See, you you do all these ridiculous. I have to say it at least once every week. You do a twisting burning 450 hammer Phoenix splash for a two count, yet a roll up hooking the tights is enough. And mm-hmm. they did a lot of great false finishes in this one as well. But at the same time, this I'm getting I'm a little tired of the roll up. And yeah. like, yes, it was a bit of to show that Nakamura's in a bit of a heel mode, mm-hmm. so to speak. I get it. But at the same time, it just. It wasn't working for me. And you can tell because the crowd was not reacting very much to this match. I was distracted this whole match because it was a giant pet peeve happening. I know. I know what you're going to say. Go for it. Why are both men wearing the same colors? I have that written down. My goodness. Now that you said it, I understand. And Jimmy can speak to this better than well actually maybe not no, jimmy jimmy well jimmy could jimmy, jimmy wears the same outfit every night he had wore a rough shirt but he could speak, <laughs> he could speak to it because he's a third party there yeah, watching someone's locker. dressed like jimmy in the match there's a big problem <laughs> i understand talent packs at home they travel they might have to pack for one or two live events and then and they pack the nicest gear they have for tv i get it you pay you pack your best quality gear your cleanest gear your whatever, whatever. i get it but you can't tell me the nakamura or champ champa one of them could have then convened at some point looked at each other and go okay do you have a different set of gear why are they both wearing bumblebee colored it's just, it's just a pet peeve if the storyline is that they're former partners and they're trying to get past their issues okay i get it because that is, is reminding you of their former partners they're not no. right no. why are they yeah. wearing the same colors yeah, and that's that's something that I'm sure was talked about back afterwards. Who let him get to the ring like that? Exactly. 
That's the thing. But I know you can make a slight. Well, Nakamura was in black and yellow, and there was a little bit of green with uh, with Champa's black and yellow. But they were both primarily black and yellow. No, they were black yeah. and yellow. I mean, yeah. I, I guess. I mean, <sighs> yeah. This was very. This is a visual business. How do we not take that in consideration? Somebody, yeah. some, somebody in the truck was going crazy. I can tell you right now. Yeah. It, it, it's a shame that that is kind of, I think the takeaway everyone had, because mm-hmm. it feels like at least on Twitter, that seemed to be the biggest response from the match. It was unfortunate because they did good stuff, but yeah. like I said, I don't think hooking the tights counts as cheating anymore. Was that, has anyone ever been DQ'd for hooking the tights or like recently in, in the past? No. Cause the ref never sees years. It. No, the refs don't see it. And then back in the day when the ref did catch the tights, they just stopped the count and told him, Hey, you're cooking the tights. It's well, kind, of, kind of like holding the rope. You don't DQ them. You just tell them, hey, let go of the rope. Well, and Jimmy, the ref really shouldn't see the tights because the ref should be positioned by the shoulders, right? And the tights are exactly. happening. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So in any case, we move on and we get a Judgment Day promo, which was crazy because it was an hour into the show. Usually they are all throughout the show. We didn't actually see much of them this time around. Uh, they kind of cut the typical Judgment Day promo where they all run through their opponents uh, until Raquel comes out, and she actually gets the best of Rhea until Rhea eventually gets that injured leg again. Uh, later, Adam Pierce promises Raquel that she'll get a title shot when she's healthy. Uh, Justin, one, I, I thought this was brilliant because, one, it's the first time we've seen Rhea backpedal, and two... Now I have a reason why this match isn't happening at SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, and this is a little bit of a trend we saw tonight of matches we thought might be for SummerSlam that are not. Uh, but I think it's okay because, look, you don't need to have everything on the one night. So I have no problem extending this out. Uh, quite frankly, if I can be selfish, the next premium love event after SummerSlam is here in Pittsburgh. It's payback on September 2nd. I'm kind of geeked that the that like that might be a match I get to see on the card because I'm a big fan of both ladies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I have no problem with this segment of what it what it did, you know, to portray Raquel as a fighting, albeit injured, but fighting challenger and, and trying to get the better of Rhea, something that you know people can't say these days. So I, I was fine with this. Jimmy, does Rhea need to get some title defenses in before this match with Raquel happens? Because I think that would be our first title defense, wouldn't it? Or one of like, at least the first big one, right? I I believe. Yeah. She defended a backlash against Zelina. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, but uh, you know, you'd like that was to a see, while ago, though. Yeah, <laughs> you'd like to see the title defended a little more frequently. Uh, but then again, we've again going back to Roman Reigns. How often does he defend that title? When she does put it on the line, though, it means something. Mm-hmm. It's making it's making it. You know, hey, let's see her defend that title. It's getting people, you know. Hot at her, and that's what you want. You want heat on, on the heel, she, right? She so she beat she beat Natalia at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. There you go. Okay. So money, so so I guess that's that's two. So I guess. Yeah. I don't know if she. I don't remember if she was on Money in the Bank, but she at least had the two following Mania. Back yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. No, I guess no, all no disrespect to Natalia. I guess I just I didn't never really considered her a threat. <laughs> um, the, the, which, the one th- no, she's great, but she's kind of yeah. like Adolf Ziggler, where like she's yeah. great, but I'm not. Right. I'm not going to count my chickens. And, you know, I uh, and and just to back up a little bit to the whole Judgment Day promo thing, the little things that I talk about that matter is everybody took their turn on the mic. They started off with Rhea, then it went to uh, Damian Priest, 
Then it went to Finn Balor, the leader. The last person to talk was the guy with the nuclear heat, Dominic mm -hmm. Mysterio. It was a great strategy to, to lay it out that way. Let's put it that way. I thought it was a very smart business. Jack, can I cheat plug real quick? Yeah. Absolutely. So I did. So I did. We Damian Priest and I did our interview uh, conversation. We released uh, clips on my social. The full thing is available. The link is on my Twitter or, or my X, whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> ch ch check it out. Uh, but but as part of the Judgment Day, we talk about like you know pressures of having the money in the bank. I basically said like, look, most people that have money in the bank, they end up becoming champions sooner or later. Like, are you feeling that pressure right now? He talks about that. Also talks about Judgment Day. I talked to him about like the bond. I know they travel together. I asked him to give me some corks, some 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 traveling Judgment Day corks. He talks about who's terrible, who's scary at driving, who's unpredictable as the DJ with the uh, the music and the in the car. Um, talks about the, the whole vibe. So again, go go to my socials at Justin Labar. Uh, if you're a Damien Priest or Judgment Day fan, I think you'll enjoy it. And then I got Rhea Ripley coming up here in a few weeks. So. Hey, another big score for Justin. But yeah, I got to check out that Damian Priest interview. And, and I want everyone in the chat to make sure to check out the interview. But before you do, put in the chat who you think is the most scary when they're picking the music on the road. I'm curious what you guys think, because I keep thinking, well, it's obviously this person. Wait, no, could be this. Mm. Well, what if it's this person? He, he, <laughs> gives, he gives explanation. It's funny. And then also <laughs> he he uh, reminisces about when the, the moment. And it's not even a match. It's a skit. It's a vignette when he knew that he wanted to be a pro wrestler and then that catapulted in, well, does that wrestler and you have a rapport today and they have a really cool bond. And he even made some jokes about how that wrestler razzes on him. And it's pretty cool. So, Oh, very, awesome. very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Definitely check that out. I think that's going to be, I'm going to go check that out probably tomorrow morning uh, mm -hmm. because uh, that's how I, I'm a huge Damien priest fan. And it sounds like you got some, so my favorite kind of nuggets, like the road stories and stuff like that, are the the most fun to me to hear. So I, I always try to that thank. I always try to aim for questions that somebody else hasn't asked them before. You know? Right, right. Go. Yeah, no, that's um, it, yeah, those are always the the most fun and and, and, and yeah. Not to interrupt, but some of the most fun stories that you talked about the car, you know, because yeah. you usually have the same, you you have your travel crew, yeah, and those are some some of the funniest things happen in the car. It just. It, a lot of times what happens in the car stays in the car, but at the same time, it's fun letting the cat out of the bag every once in a while. There was a moment where he said in his answer, I probably can't tell you this and I'm not going to. And then I said, well, that'll be great for the book in 20 years when you guys are all retired. <laughs> yeah. so. there you go. Well, you know how the wrestling books are. He'll probably release it in a, a next month and then it'll release six of them. Because I feel like wrestlers now, they, they release books like when they're, halfway done with their career i mean it's smart they get mm. to release more than one book but like jericho has like seven books about his career <laughs> at this point <laughs> i mean again it's smart he sold seven books as opposed to one but once jimmy goes in the, once jimmy goes in the hall of fame he'll have a second book mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. see you jimmy you too you're already releasing books before you're done how well, dare you well, <laughs> jimmy's a tremendous read i always say it. it's on my shelf every read jimmy's if you have not read jimmy's but maybe jimmy has a second book uh, of his life after WWE podcasting hall of fame whatever else uh, yeah sorry my life my life truly started when i met jack farmer that's how it'll start the string between two cans <laughs> the string between two cans um, and that is not a sexual euphemism <laughs> yes <laughs> it is now uh, no. somebody will make it that way anyway. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will never. Yeah, that that line's <laughs> done for you, Jimmy. Sorry. 
That one's coming out of the Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in. I don't care. <laughs> cut me off. They just cut to a shot of Aldra, and she's just doing this in the front yeah, row. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't believe he said it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's... This I feel like this uh, this podcast goes more and more off the rails each and every week. Um, it's okay. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, a, a very surprisingly good segment. Uh, two segments I thought of this show was uh, the Shayna Baszler Ronda Rousey video packages and talking about their history. Uh, Justin, this was, I mean the, the 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 footage they used, the emotional aspect of it. I feel like both of these two could have used this kind of thing a long time ago. Agreed. You're right. There are so, there's so much archival photos, videos, real stories from the ultimate fighter. Shayna's godmother to, to run. I, I mean, this, this did way more than, than anything they could have booked in front of a live crowd tonight for the go home show. These and WWE does this well. We know this. They, they're 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 editing. They're editing bays are where magic happens, um, and, and this this set the stage perfectly. Um, I'm going. So we know that Rhea is not having. It appears not having a match at SummerSlam, and then there's another women's feud that we'll get to in a second. Uh, I'm fine with this match. No title involved. It's just a pure grudge match. I am totally fine with this making the final cut of what we're putting on SummerSlam because of the way they have produced the hype here with these stories. This this put Ronda has not been this interesting to me, and I don't remember how long. And Shane has never been this interesting. This is great. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm 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 genuinely looking forward to now seeing. The match it's under MMA rules, so what does that exactly mean? I don't know, but uh, in terms of, I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Good job. Uh, yeah, they so many cool things too. Like the um, at near the end, they uh, Shayna Baszler clearly shed a tear at some point, but they didn't fix the makeup, and you could kind of see just the line of where it mm-hmm. came down at one point was uh, it was just incredible. And Jimmy, I think this is the first real great use of the collaboration or the uh the joint ownership or however you'd say it of uh ufc and mm-hmm. wwe having all that footage of them absolutely it added so much to the story and that's part of what's getting everybody now invested in this story is seeing that footage and seeing that background and th- them being best friends for so long and and it culminating to this match with mma rules what i'd like to see in this match is no offense to my good brothers and sisters in stripes is because it is MMA rules, maybe bring in as a special guest referee, a big John McCarthy or Herb Dean to officiate this match. You know what I mean? And make it look like as much a legit fight as possible because you can, it, it felt like Rhonda was different in these videos. If you know what I mean, she sounded like she was invested. She sounded like she, she cared, for right. lack of a better term. And, you know, it drew me in as well. And even stuff like Shayna Baszler saying, like, I was her sparring partner. I had to be the one she beat up every single day. Like, geez, that, yeah, that like that's a tough life to live. And, like, it makes you understand just where they come from. Uh, so I thought these were great. Everything's awesome about these, I thought. 
in a little vacuum outside of this, some it's a little pet peeve of mine, and and this is just stupid. I get why we say MMA in pro wrestling. I get what we're doing, but I also feel like isn't pro wrestling supposed to be MMA? I mean, there's different styles of martial arts happening within pro wrestling. It it just seems weird to me that we act like. Should we be acting like they're the same thing? If you catch my catch my drift, like combat sport, yes, but uh, you know, obviously, boxing has its elements and stuff like that. So I guess, I, yeah, I, I get your point, but at the same time, pro wrestling's always kind of been in its own world, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I get what we're saying and I get what we're trying mm. to convey to the audience, but mm. I feel like within the ring, it's supposed to be the same. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it's a little pet peeve of mine that I I've learned to live with. Um, Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus have a final showdown. Becky wants her match. Trish says, sure, you'll get one eventually, uh, which I thought was great. Adam Pierce says, yep, it's going to be tonight. So they get the, uh, Becky gets the jump on Trish. Zoe jumps Becky and then it becomes a two on one DQ post-match. Adam Pierce says in two weeks, it's Trish and versus Becky in Winnipeg, Justin, um, I one I I want to say that I think the delivery of Trish Stratus is incredible. When she says that, if anyone else said her lines, it would fall flat. But I think just the way she talks is great. But also, why in two weeks when we've got SummerSlam this weekend? Well, again, if they feel that it's going to be too crowded, if it's not going to give it, it's not going to get the time that it needs. I'm fine with that. Um, I'm fine with them saving big promoted matches for Raw. I'm a little curious that it's going to be in Winnipeg. It's Canada, like. Are they expecting Trish to be booed? Yeah, that's that, that's a very interesting point. And Jimmy, I, what do you think about that as a uh, Canadian? Do you think that do you think they're trying to get the crowd to react a certain way for this match, or do you think it's just, or do you think they're just being nice to Trish and saying, "Look, this is your last one on the contract. You don't have to go too far." I, I wish I knew what the reasoning was for putting this match in Winnipeg because it's almost guaranteed. I don't want to. So assume too much here, but it's almost guaranteed that Trish will get cheered. Yeah. In Winnipeg being, being a Canadian, you know, cause that, you know, they take to their own regardless, heel, babyface, whatever the case may be, Canadians get cheered in Canada. So I find that very interesting. And that maybe this is something to play. There's gotta be a reason behind it. And I hate to be that. Let's wait and see what happens. Uh, but it is an interesting choice of location. And if you think about it, the week after that, it's here in Toronto. No, no. Oh, really? In, uh, no, no. Toronto's got uh, SmackDown. I want to say it's in Quebec City the week after that, which is, is Canada as well. So Seems like they've been up in Canada a lot this year. Um, well, it, it, it's, I think it's like a two-week run through. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are good crowds in Canada, so it makes sense. It's just, it, it felt like there's a while where they were never in Canada. And now mm-hmm. it feels like, of course, I guess there were issues around the world making it hard to travel. So maybe that's why mm-hmm. I th- feel like it's, they didn't used to go there very often. Right. Um, but yeah, I am a massive fan of the way Trish Stratus has done this. You know, just we talked about before, how are people going to boo her? Like I said, just the way she says things, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's so, jerky the way she talks but not like sounding like she's not trying to be but totally like so condescending the way she talks it's it's fantastic i don't know i I don't know what to take away from it but trish there's a reason you're the goat um we get to the end of the end of the show here uh which feels very 
go home show. Uh, Damian Priest and Dom Mysterio against Seth Rollins and uh, Sami Zayn. The main story beat to start is that Finn gets chased off only to come back and attack Seth Rollins. Uh, Damian Priest basically has the match won, but starts to get the eye for that money in the bank briefcase. Finn reluctantly hands it to him, but it's too late as Rollins is back up and Rollins and Zayn get the upper hand and get the win. Um, Justin, this is the first time Damian Priest kind of lied. He said he was going to let Finn get the first shot, but he clearly tried to take the first shot. And that's what you want. It put the little and, and look, it, quite frankly, it put me now in the mindset of this Saturday. What if Finn beats Seth? Priest cashes in then. It put that little bit of ooh, Priest is starting to get a little trigger happy with that with that money in the bank. So um th- this was this was what it needed to be. Uh, these combination of characters had a main event a week or two ago. It kind of got a little crazy and off the rails in some spots of it, but tonight was pretty crisp, pretty tight. Exactly what you want for the go home, but exactly what you want. Priest is lurking with that briefcase, mm-hmm. and that that is a very relevant factor come Saturday. Shout out to the lurkers, uh, just uh, Jimmy. Um, any takeaways on this one? Like I said, I think the big story here is. Damian Priest said he was not going to cash in, tried to, but Finn reluctantly did try to help him. Right. And that's part of the intrigue here going on, especially, you know, there is that little bit of tension between Damian Priest and Finn Balor going on for the last couple of weeks of revolving around this money in the bank briefcase. So, you know, as Justin would say, to try and imagine how they get through this um, at SummerSlam, maybe, uh, Priest ends up costing Balor the match via DQ. Balor gets in his face, you know, and he, let's say, for example, the finishes, he ends up waffling uh, Seth with the briefcase. Mm-hmm. And the referee manages to catch it, DQs him. Seth gets upset about it, so he waffles Seth, uh, I mean Seth, Finn gets upset with him, so he waffles Finn with the briefcase and he goes to cash it in or something like that. And Finn breaks it up. And I don't know that you can, there's so many different directions you can go. That's what's great about this. There's so many different stories you can tell here and it's got everybody going, Hmm, I wonder what's going to happen next. At least it's got me going, what's going to happen next. And I want to tune in to find out. The money in the bank briefcase, when it first was created, I was like, this sounds like the dumbest thing ever. What a stupid idea. And I was absolutely incorrect about it. It's, makes whenever you have someone with the money in the bank briefcase it makes everything so exciting because literally any moment you could see a title change and they've done such a good job with it and now what they're doing with this one where it is causing inner faction turmoil as well as could damian priest get the win and the fact that damian priest would be a first time world champion if he won it and like there's just this is just a perfect, perfect mm-hmm. concoction of what to do with the Money in the Bank briefcase, uh, as a as opposed to some of the ones they've done in the past recently. Like, sorry, Otis, when you won it, I don't think a lot of people were uh, this invested in the Money in the Bank briefcase. But. Damian Sandow was one who showed up short, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it look it favors to have a heel, right? Right. It's a it's a license to steal. You know, when Rob Van Dam had it, he at least did the right way. He he picked his shot, but he picked his shot and put 
it in the home field favor of John Cena. You're going to do this in ECW territory. You know, it, 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 it mm-hmm. it's harder to do with a baby face, um, but right. it is it is a great gimmick. I mean, the first Money in the Bank match I ever saw was um, I was I, I was in Detroit, Ford Field, Mania, uh, Mania 23 in, in 2007. And my favorite at the time, Mr. Kennedy won it. I mean, it was such a thrilling thing. It's such a thrilling gimmick. And unfortunately, he didn't get to cash in. He got a misdiagnosis of an injury. And uh, I could go on and spit fire yeah. on that whole situation. But uh, it, it is a, it's, it's an exciting match to watch. It really is. It, it, it's, it's a great, it's one of the great, it, you know, we talk about Roy Rumble and some of the things that have, that WWE has come up with over the last, you know, 35 years. Money in the Bank's probably the most recent. Uh, original thrilling gimmick they come up with oh for sure uh um dylan by the way i wanted to give a quick shout it says john cena showed up short uh dylan all due respect john cena's shorts were never short um mm-hmm. so they were always long um but mm-hmm. uh <laughs> any in any case uh this was the episode this was the the episode of raw go home show we got SummerSlam this weekend mm-hmm. um before we sign off uh, of course everyone let us know where you're at uh, everyone let me know in the chat what you thought of the show jimmy where can the world find you what are your final thoughts uh i Final thoughts on the show. I thought it was interesting. It added to some stories going into SummerSlam and made me more interested in a few of them, as we talked about tonight. And uh, yeah, it, in that regard, I thought it was good. We got some good matches in ring work. We got some good promo segments. Uh, you know, uh, it was a good, good show. Don't it wasn't blow away don't, by mm-hmm. any means, but at the same time, I think it achieved its goal in making you interested in a few matches that may have lacked a little bit of interest so far let's put it that way and as far as where you can find me obviously here on monday nights with triple j talking uh post raw on wednesdays it's myself justin and isa usually talking post aew dynamite and uh every once in a while maybe we do a ple one like maybe mm-hmm. who knows we don't know yet but possibly this saturday it could be uh, another one and uh you can catch me on all my social media platforms doing my riff and rants every monday through friday and like i say uh my critiques are not there to tear down but to help maybe tighten some screws and and make things uh make sense so to speak um yeah and uh i think i'm actually going to be on i have to double check my calendar i think i'm gonna be on uh AEW this week maybe yeah because east is east is in detroit for SummerSlam. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I will be uh, I will be on AEW this week. So I'll be Triple J, Triple J on Wednesday. Wednesday. Wait, Jack, J- are you available Saturday? I am available Saturday. Maybe it's so. Triple J. Maybe it's a triple threat of Triple J this week. Oh, all oh, wow. Triple J all week long. Uh, oh, we're twisting the boss's arm. We're yes. going to put it out there. <laughs> See, we're going to yes. have to start. We're going to have to you know karaoke at one night. Guess who's back? Back again. Yeah. Triple J. Oh, well, we got to do karaoke. Justin, tell the world where they fi- where they can find you, uh, what you thought of the show, and what your go-to karaoke song is. Uh, show, <laughs> show was show was okay. It, it's a go-home show, so you have constraints. You're not gonna you can't you're not gonna go crazy because you have to stay within the constraints for the payoff. But I thought that they did advance some story. Like again, the Shane and Ronda, they did some things tonight where it's like, all right, I'm I'm a little more amped up for this match than I was prior. So that's cool. Um. Yeah, yeah. At Justin Labar across the socials. Back Wednesday for that. Um, Friday mornings, busted open radio uh, on Sirius XM. I maybe Saturday night with you guys. Who knows? Um, and uh, go to karaoke song. Ooh. 
Um, I, the, the, the last one, <laughs> the last one I did, I had a female companion in the singing with me, and we did Love Shack. So I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's a good one. Well, I did. The, I did the male bar stuff. Is it just the females? I don't know. We'll, 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 the whole shack shimmy. The whole shack shimmy. Little old place where. What's what's your go-to karaoke song, Jimmy? My go-to karaoke song. Wow. You you uh, brought up karaoke. We got to. I know. Man, you know what? Believe it or not, I've, uh, I don't have a go-to one, but I I do like. Believe it or not, I do like some Barry White. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's a Canadian artist who recently passed away, Gordon Lightfoot. Yes. Oh, he's got some great songs for karaoke. You know? Yeah. Baby Got Back, Dream Realm Studios. And uh, Ricky, mm -hmm. yes, I, I believe I'm on the uh, Friday. I got to check my calendar. I, I'm no good without my calendar, but I'm 90% sure, especially now that I know that Issa's in um, Detroit, that I'll be on Friday as well. But uh, yeah, that's that's it for me. Uh, Jack, that's do, it for Jack doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and maybe Saturday? Jeez. Wow. Jeez it's like a full-time job around here. Um, but uh, yeah, we... Uh, Thank you to everyone in the chat. Dream Realm Studios, Leonard Jones, uh, Ricky Zaldivar, Mad Dog, saying that uh, uh, you're my boy, Justin. So shout out to you. Uh, Huffman, we got my boy, uh, Blue. Bernie, we got Dylan, Lego Brick, Danny, we got uh, Bernie DC, Baby Ice, and everyone else. Thanks so much for being in the chat. Uh, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I just told you I'm going to be on Wrestling Inc. all week. So just mm -hmm. stay tuned to at Wrestling Inc. And if you want to know my go-to karaoke song, it's You Say. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.